All right, welcome back to another episode of the Man's Pursuit podcast with me, Garth Jew, and Simon Parrott. Before we get started, same as last week, if you can leave us a review and rating on iTunes, that's the best way you can support our podcast. Also, if you go to our Instagram handle, at the Man's Pursuit, you can follow us there. And if you click the link in our bio, it'll take you to a little webpage. You can drop your email in there and we'll send you our episodes to your inbox every week, as well as any updates on events or things we're doing. Uh, which is definitely going to be coming up in the future. We've been saying that for about three months, but... <laughs> it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. Um, all right, so last time we dived into your run, which was a, a really good conversation. Uh, today we're going to get back into one of our more typical podcasts and talk about a particular theme. Something that I'm looking at a lot at the moment is natural living or living more in accordance with our nature uh, and I'm reading a couple of books that are going to use as a bit of a launch pad for this conversation. Yeah. I think you should get into this because this is your genre. I don't know. Well, I think we're both trying to live more in accordance with nature, and I think a lot of people are. So I think this yeah. will be a, a popular topic. 100%. I think what we need to do, though, is start by trying to define what is natural living. So for context, there's two books I'm reading. Well, I'm rereading Sapiens, which is all about the history of uh, Homo sapiens and where we've come from and what the future might look like for us. I think everyone should read that book. Uh, I'm rereading it because I've got a renewed interest in this and I'm, I'm actually taking a lot more from it now. And then I'm reading this other book called Move Your DNA by Katie Bowman, which is about how we can move more in life and why we need movement as opposed to exercise, which we'll get to. So I think these two books are quite interesting because they can explain to us where we come from and then they can show us how can we get back to that a little bit more. So I think, you know, trying to live more naturally is a huge trend across the board. How do I think about natural living? I think using sapiens as, um, as my reference point, I would say around 12,000 years ago, there was the agricultural revolution, which is when Homo sapiens started farming. So settling in permanent places, growing food and domesticating animals. And that kick-started just huge change over the last 10,000 years um, in the world. Prior to that, and a lot of this is, of course, speculative, but I think everyone can agree that we were hunter-gatherers. So we mainly gathered food and we hunted. And humans maybe started appearing around 2 to 2.5 million years ago. So for the vast majority of the evolution of humans and all the different species within that, we were hunter-gatherers. So I would describe anything prior to 12,000 years ago on the whole to be our natural way yeah. of living yeah. because it didn't really change that much for nearly 2 million years. Yeah. So that's how I would describe natural living because that is what our bodies and minds are designed for. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we should return to living in hunter-gatherer times because I think it would actually be pretty grim. There's a reason we've evolved to create all these comforts and technologies. But our bodies and minds are designed for hunter-gatherer times. And if you start analysing that in the book Sapiens, for instance, you can start to see why we've got so many physical and mental problems yep. in the modern world. So my question is, how can I return to that a little bit more in this modern world. Yeah. 
Um, it's a great, yeah, I really like your thinking. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody has basically become stuck in comfort, which is another episode we've done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I think will have some you know, similar yeah, themes here. Definitely will tie back to it. So, for instance, it, it, there's interesting points like um, if you were a hunter-gatherer 20,000 years ago and you came across a fruit tree, that might be a very rare occurrence. So you would eat as much fruit and store as much of that energy as you possibly could before a monkey came along and took it all or whatever. So if you think about if that's what we are programmed to do, you can see now when there's an abundance of sugary sweet foods, people can't stop eating them. Just shoving them down our necks. Because that is what we're designed to do. Like I've really cut down on sugar massively, but the other day I think I ate like a chomp or something off the back of Halloween. Oh, How much are they these days? <laughs> They're about this big and they probably about a pound. I ate a chomp and straight away I was like, I need another chomp, right? So it would make sense that sugary sweet foods, we are designed to consume as much as possible. And that's why people cannot stop. On the flip side of that, what about people who can stop themselves? Well, I think that's... Is that something we've developed it's as developed, like because a... I think we've, we've created stories that that's yeah, bad yeah, for yeah, us yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, we've yeah. bought into them. That's something we can get to about how storytelling is what made or allowed sapiens to take over and basically destroy the world as, as, <laughs> as we have done. Um, so that that's quite a universally accepted theory about the sugar. Another example is like nuclear families, and this is very contentious. So some people argue that um, initially we might cooperate in a band of, say, 150 sapiens and no more. It's been proven that that's the maximum amount of people you could have where there's like it's manageable and everyone has interpersonal relationships. Once it goes beyond that, you need stories like religion and politics and law to help people cooperate en masse. Yeah. So around 150 people, some people would argue that there was no nuclear families centered around monogamous relationships. So it was more, uh, there's a theory that the woman would have um, sexual relationships with multiple men. And there might have been a theory that the sperm of multiple men helped to grow one strong baby. And therefore all the tribe grew, uh, helped bring up all, all the different kids. Yeah. And everyone's heard that, you know, it takes a tribe to bring up a child or whatever it is. And I've often thought of our kids, how can we have evolved if it's this difficult yeah. and requires this much effort? How have we evolved to bring up kids? But, you know, that, that theory that would, would make sense, wouldn't it? Would help you think. I'd that. love that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Three, yeah. dads. Three dads. Three dads. But, you know, that's so, time, right? So there's Sold that. It. <laughs> so... Like, I wouldn't let Tony leave my kid in bath time. Uh, who's Tony? Um, but then there's other people who say, actually, no, nuclear and monogamous relationships are what make humans unique. So, so there's all these different things to think about. But I think what we can agree yeah. is that Homo sapiens have not evolved to sit down all day at a computer, in the car, on the couch, not moving, not yeah. capturing and, and gathering food, we just, our modern lives are just nothing like that of the hunter-gatherer. And then, you know, if you think about the stress that we've created, the anxiety, the body problems, the yeah. mental problems, you can see where a lot of it's done. There's from. so much evidence, isn't there? Yeah. So much evidence of of it. Like, it, How many people are just not moving in the day? Like, I think you were saying just before we, we recorded this, when you talk about movement, and we're going to touch on it in a bit, it's not necessarily about exercise, is it? It's just about... You know, how often do you actually walk? Yeah. How often do you just 
break into a little run. How often are you squatting down to pick something up? You know, we've got all these things now that do it all for us. Cars that just take us everywhere that we're just, yeah. we're lost. Definitely. I think that leads into where I wanted to take this, which is that Sapiens is great for that context. And you realise, actually, this is where we come from. Um, so now movement is such a key part, you know, physical. And I think that then plays into better mental health. So I'm reading this other book, which is Move Your DNA. Now, I was never much of a, a science lover and, and the book is quite scientific. It talks about a, a lot about cells, cellular science. Um, but the book really centered around this exercise versus movement thing. So what we try and do now is we, we try and fit exercise into our schedules. Um, but there's a difference between exercise and movement like you've touched on. So exercise is getting the physiological benefit of movement and, no, and nothing else. So yeah. I go for a run. Whereas movement is any movement in your body throughout the day. And it could be more tightly associated with wanting the non-physical outcome. So rather than trying to find an hour to go for a run and then sitting down for the rest of the day, you're getting your movement in by walking to the shops to, and carrying your shopping home instead of yeah. driving. Yeah. You're walking the kids to school. You know, you, you're moving around the house more, you're squatting, you're cleaning, you're gardening rather than outsourcing it all. Yeah. And that's the idea of, you know, we just need so much more movement in our lives. Definitely. And trying to think less about exercising and more about movement. And it's probably not great for you because you own a gym. You wouldn't want this to, uh, you wouldn't want this to take off. But no, but you're right in terms of exercise as it's specific, isn't it? Like if I want to build bigger muscles, then I will do certain exercises. That's a separate issue altogether. Whereas what you're describing is for us to just live in what is our natural human state, we should be moving a hell of a lot more. And even if it's sweeping the leaves off your driveway, which you still see old people do, but I don't think I've ever swept leaves off a driveway. I would probably ring somebody who is a leaf sweeper. You know what I mean? That's probably how comfortable I've got in life that I would look at that job and go, not for me. Yeah. So I completely, example, agree, I, can, yeah. I completely agree with you. Like it's, yeah. We've become very, It's always, we're always looking for who can do that for us. So the fact is, this is where we've evolved from. We need to move more, but we're not going to change the modern way of working. We all have to earn a living, right? So for me, if I'm working from home now, the more time I spend in front of the computer, the more disconnected I just feel from nature and the more I can feel myself. I can feel it when I'm sat down doing yeah. this now. I can feel my body. It's like craving movement. So I set an alarm <clears throat> If I, if I have got an, an intense day of computer work that needs doing, set an alarm, 25 minutes on, five minutes off. And in that five minutes, not just stood making a brew, it's like while well, the kettle's boiling, 30 second deep squat. Yeah. Right down, ass to floor, sit in that squat. Um, maybe angry cat, uh, happy cat. That sort of, that really helps release my back. Yeah. I might walk around a bit, do some, do some jumping jacks, whatever it might be. Um, just to get some of that movement. Yeah. And I've also, I'm trying to mimic what life might have been like. So, you know, if you think about it, if you go and have a glass of water, you walk to the tap, you turn your wrist and yeah. that's it. Or some people might even have a little posh button that they just press. 
I've left a, a thick band by my tap. So if I now go and have a glass of water, I'll put a foot on the band on the floor and I'll like... You're pumping it out. I'll like do <clears> 10 <throat> reps of something to pump that out like I'm pumping it out. Yeah. Uh, and I might do that from a few different positions. I might stretch the band above my head, you, you know, like I'm carrying some water or something. Yeah. Um, move around and yeah, I look like, my, my missus is just thinking I'm losing the plot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm I can not, see why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I am losing the plot, but you know, I don't wear any shoes in the house. If I'm out and about, you know, f- f- shoes are extremely compromising for your feet yeah. and we, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Um, and these are the things I'm trying to do. Um, and also when I'm actually sat, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on a stool instead of a chair. So my, my back has to support my body. Yeah, yeah. I might put a leg behind me. So I'm almost in like a hip flexor stretch. And I think these are all things you can incorporate. Yeah. Um, the question is, people might say, oh, it's easy for you. You work from home. You work for yourself. If I go back to 10 years ago when I was working in an office as a video editor, I'd have to look like the office lunatic to uh, yeah. <laughs> to be doing a lot of this stuff. But but I think, I, I think we have to have more buy-in from big corporations on this sorts of thing. Like they've, they've been pussyfooting around for so long, haven't they? Like we've got the bicycle scheme. No, everyone gets a bike, mate, 500 quid towards a bike, just sits in the garage, yeah. a lovely new shiny bike. They are, you know, it's there for people to, it's in the face. You know what I mean? They know it. They know it's a problem, but they're almost just not really wanting to do much about yeah. it. It's like we were talking about the hours everybody works. We shouldn't be working that many hours as well. No. I think it's got to be so much more done. Yeah. The, the modern office worker. <laughs> I mean, you, you sat there in unnatural light, hunched in a chair, you're eating processed food for lunch. This this is me 10 years ago. You know, I used to get an hour at lunchtime in my old job and we'd just sit there chatting shit on our yeah. phones, eating a meal deal from Tesco. I mean, it's just no wonder people are so physically unwell. Yeah. Um, and I just think, again, coming back to Sapiens, it, it, he says in the book, he's saying, you know, the hunter-gatherer might have spent three or four hours a day foraging for food, um, maybe hunting, and then they would have been sat around socialising in the tribe, playing, making yeah. tools, saying generally they're the most talented people of all time, whereas now we're, we've got these super niche, narrow skill sets, you know, knowledge workers, um, and we've just outsourced every other area of our life. Yeah. So if you're in an office and you're listening to this, how is it practical? Well, every 25 minutes, you need to go and walk around the office. Yeah. You need to find a corner if you're embarrassed, get out of the way to get into a squat. Yeah. Your lunch break, don't sit and eat, you know, eat something that you've made natural, uh, get it down, you go for a 25 minute walk. Um, you could sit on a Swiss ball or a different type of chair and... Just get away from that. There's so, there's so many simple things you could yeah. do. People go to bed too late, so therefore they leave it to the last minute to get up. Everybody in this world could go to bed hour or two earlier and spend the first hour of the day just walking the streets. Mm. Rain, snow, wind, whatever it is, get out and walk. Surely that has to be the most simplistic thing to do. And how great Walk. is it when you're out at oh. half five in the morning walking the streets? Nothing better. But people are just so lazy. Mm-hmm. They want to watch the favourite Netflix thing before they go to bed. Stay up till 11 o'clock. Yeah. So practically, let's look throughout the day. So go to bed earlier, get up yeah. earlier, get a pint of water down you and move. Yeah. Um, 
Then we're going to be driving. Let's pretend we're the office worker I was 10 years ago. So I used to get up at eight o'clock to start half eight and, like, you know, crawling knackered. So I could, I could get up earlier and move. I, I, worked, I was maybe living a mile or two from work, so I could walk into work instead of driving. Um, I could sit on a different type of chair. Yeah. Or stand. Stand. Because, you know, if you get in public transport, stand up instead of sitting. Yeah. You could hang on the public transport yeah. a bit. Stretch, <laughs> Just do some pull-ups. Yeah. Stretch your arms. Um, and yeah, just regular regular movement breaks. Yeah. And then I think also thinking a lot then, let's say I get to the end of the day, I've moved at lunchtime, I've moved throughout the day. Um, if I then go to a gym, I think being very thoughtful about moving your whole body as well. Because I used to go to the gym and then just do like chest day, arms, all ego, yeah. all driven by aesthetics. Whereas really, you want to go there to work full body strength or, you know, like you say, replicating that hunting yeah. scenario or something like that. Yeah. I think exercise selection is, is you know, we could talk about that all day. But if you want to replicate some of the things that we would have had to, to get strength, I, I still think most of the exercises there, like a, an overhead press and stuff like that, you know, would you be picking big, large rocks up to move them and stuff like that? Maybe. So there's enough there. Yeah. There's enough there to do in the gym. Yeah. And if, if you, you look at like yeah. old like artifacts, and you know they've got the pictures of the old warriors on them, they all still look in the way that bodybuilders do. Not obviously the extreme ones, but like natural yeah. bodybuilders. So they must have been doing similar yeah. things somewhere. They were just moving more. Yeah. Lifting lions. <laughs> 200 kg lion and then so I think yeah movement I think is just if you can just incorporate more of it into your life like, yeah. like let's say just to finish off that sort of flow of the day in the evenings now I'm not sitting on chairs yeah I'm sat on the floor in fact this is one of the first times I've sat in a chair for the last week yeah. I'm not going on my couch generally sat on the floor finding different resting positions mm. playing with my kids on the floor I do um, that often, actually. Yeah, again, people are going to be like, I want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, but just move to the floor. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, do, do don't look at your gardening if you've got, or even if you've just got a yard, you know, don't look at keeping that tidy as something you should outsource. Go yeah. and sweep the leaves up um, and just stuff, different stuff like that. I'm doing think, the pots now, mate, with all yeah. the dishwashers. Do the pots. <laughs> yeah. You know, Johnny Wilkinson was saying it. Yeah. I mean, he was talking about presence though. Yeah. But he was saying how stuck into the pots that he gets, yeah. you know, and it, it is a physical challenge, you know, when you're scrubbing those pans, stood up, moving. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, and I, I'd start growing some veg, you know, and it might just start by let's grow the herbs instead of buying them. And then we just need a windowsill. You don't need a lot yeah. of space. And, and just all these things, I think, are just, they're protecting your body for the future. Why are we doing this? Why ultimately, why are we doing any of this? For me, as I get older, I just want to be fit yeah. for purpose in life. Yeah. I don't want to be a hunched over 65 year old who's knackered. Yeah. That's, that is my motivation. So I think, yeah, that's why you should incorporate it. And it's the right thing to do because again, we can come back to the comfort crisis and say, um, NHS, prescription pills, all of these things that are just a mess is because people don't look after themselves yep. and everyone needs a new hip and new knee because they don't fucking do anything for yep. their whole life. 
You, yeah, you could talk about all the crisis, couldn't you? Everyone drives too much, global warming, you know, everyone eats too much, yeah. farming, you know, all the stuff we've got going on with the yeah. ecosystem because of the mass farming. Yeah. So I think, I don't know what we've talked about there. For, I think what Natural living. I think we've blabbered on enough Mostly about, about natural living. living. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would say Sapiens is a great book to listen to or to read. Uh, the Katie Bowman books are a great way of finding ways of incorporating more natural movement, you know, ditch your big cushion shoes, just just move more naturally. I won't mention the homemade flip-flops that I've made and Hirachi's <laughs> like that's getting me a lot of stick at home. Shambles. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think one last thing I'd like to touch on um, from Sapiens, which comes back to a lot of the stuff we talk about, just to finish this episode, is um, what he talks about is that there was a cognitive revolution and they don't know how it happened, but Homo sapiens all of a sudden just became way more intellectual than every other human species and all the other animals. And that's how we quickly rose to the top of the food chain. And the way we were able to do that was we were able to start cooperating en masse because of the stories we could tell each other. And this is something that a lot of people don't think about. And it comes back to a lot of the more philosophical things that we've spoke about in the past, which is that everything is a story. Okay, so laws, countries, religion, all of it is is made up. Yep. There's no actual basis for it in reality. And that's how, you know, having a shared understanding that these are the rules allowed us to cooperate and grow as a species and, you know, wipe Neanderthals off the face of the earth, etc. Yeah. And get to where we are now where millions of people can work for a car manufacturer um, and not even be connected with this shared idea, this shared belief in the car brand. But that brand doesn't exist in real life. Yeah. Limited companies don't exist in real life. Religion. And so all these things that people take at face value and are willing to die for yeah. are all just stories. And I think that's a really interesting thing to explore. No, it is. But they have helped us evolve to where yeah. we've got to. I think you have to have a belief system, don't you? Otherwise, it's like we've spoke about it. Like, if you don't, how do you live? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm not saying that all stories and technology are bad. I mean, look at some of the amazing things that humans have done. Yeah. But how many people spend their days getting so wrapped up in politics mm. or how many people actually believe that they should um, not accept another person because of their political views or the color of their skin. Yeah. You know, if that's you and that's eating up a lot of your time and, and thought process, just realize that it's all based on storytelling. Mate, storytelling. Yeah. Um, and that can all be traced back hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. Um, Deep. Yeah, and it's so vast and we're not experts. But I just think, thinking about that, you know, I I watch the news, I watch people getting so wrapped up in politics. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's all made up. Yeah. And as, again, the key message here, I think, is focus on yourself. Yeah. That's all you can do. Definitely. Do the best for yourself. Yeah. And... I don't think there's anything wrong. I think it's good to have a belief system, but 
is your current belief system serving you? Yeah. So think about, it's all stories. What are the stories you actually want to believe in? Um, yeah. We have touched on that before, haven't we, on, on one of the other episodes about belief systems serving you and yeah. how negative they can become. And I think, you know, we have to exist. So therefore, we do need our belief system to exist in this world. But as you say, you should be, you almost should be questioning your own belief system regularly to see whether or not it's yeah. it's best serving you. Yeah, a quick example for me. I actually feel the last few weeks I've been the most content I've been for a long time. And it's because I realised that the ambition of making more money and all that type of thing just wasn't serving me yeah. and completely pulls me away from presence in everyday living. Yeah, And that's all because of the story that money is, the story of money, the story that having money will make you successful, will give you a better life. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not important, but having that ambition, that belief that I need to push my business and be successful and make this podcast something monetizable was ruining my everyday yeah. existence. So instead I'm just thinking, actually, I actually don't have any ambition right now. Like genuinely have no ambition. It's yeah. more, here's, there's a place I'd like to go to. There's a process for getting there. Do this podcast every week put something out on LinkedIn to market my video business, but I'm not getting attached anymore to that yeah. X amount of revenue or X amount of followers. What did it say in that email about, you know, happiness is about no expectations. Yeah. That, yeah. And, I, and that is a belief rather than believing the story of you need stuff to be happy or to be successful. Yeah. You need money. You need this, you need this. Yeah. Forget that. Have no expectations. Have an idea of where you want to go. But every day is just about presence and yeah. and process and enjoying life and, you know, incorporating the movement, the better diet, community like this. Like I'm willing to spend the day here with you and start. I've actually started trying to meet more people because I started believing in the story of productivity. Have an empty calendar, say no to all meetings, only focus on high value tasks. Yeah. That sort of bullshit. Actually, if you think about, those saping times, being around other people, communicating so important. Yeah. So have more community and that's going to make your daily life better. Yeah. And you're going to perform better Definitely. and those other things will come. Yeah. All right. I feel like that was a pretty all over the place conversation. But all over the place, but some, <laughs> some good takeaways. There'll some be really some good reels. takeaways. Absolutely. Yeah, there'll yeah. be some reels in there yeah. somewhere. So just to sum up, Take an interest in where we come from, yeah. Because it, it, you know, it's it can definitely open up ideas, um, and you can explore your own ideas, your own beliefs. I think move more is just a a great piece of advice. Uh, think about your diet. Um, think about whether your current belief systems are serving you, and uh, yeah, hopefully through these explorations, you can live a more positive life every day. Cheers for that, mate. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, see you in the next episode.